least bit excited, just went on and on. Queensborough Bridge, Triborough Bridge, Bronx, Brooklyn, the Empire State Building, Woolworth Building, Atio Building, Chrysler, Uno, Central Park, Fifth Avenue. It was a never-ending stream, and all the time the young man's hand was firm on the girl's shoulder, and his cheek drew closer to hers so close that once or twice she felt the roughness of his fair stubble. Then came the stewardess. No smoking, fasten belts, hustle and bustle, some slight tension on the part of many passengers, a woman who began to talk in a high-pitched voice and wouldn't stop. Glucose and barley sugar, bump, bump, bump. "'Here we are,' said the fair-haired young man. "'Idlewild. By George, it's good to be back.' He was unfastening his belt, for the aircraft was taxiing now. The only lights appeared to be at the airport control tower and along the edges of the landing strips, and in the distance, the headlights of cars. I suppose you're being met. Oh, yes, the girl told him. My brother will be here. That's fine, said the fair-haired young man. But if you should need anything, you'll let me know, won't you? It's very kind of you, but I'm sure I won't. He smiled. She smiled. The door was opened. The line of passengers began the trek along the gangway towards the steps and the airfield. Most of them had a word of thanks for the stewardesses. Some had handshakes. Voices seemed to float out of the aircraft into the cool night and then to fade away. The girl had only a small bag and some magazines, and the young man, with a briefcase and oddments, made no attempt to help her. They walked together towards the airport building, customs, porters, the waiting, welcoming crowd. Most of the passengers seemed to have someone to meet them. A little group of men carrying cameras gathered at one spot. Suddenly the cameras clicked, and the flashlights dazzled, as a little, insignificant man with a face rather like a monkey was greeted— He posed impatiently. No one on board the aircraft had even suspected that he was distinguished. He was, in fact, a boxing promoter. The young man elbowed the photographers aside so as to clear a path for the girl. Thank you, she said again. Now it was all over. The customs officers were waiting, for the luggage had been brought in very quickly. The girl looked round for her brother, but did not see him. Everyone else seemed to have someone to wave to, but not she or the young man. He was brisk and businesslike now, as if he had more to do than worry about a round-eyed sweetie in the early twenties, filled, it seemed, with the wonder of young innocence. Her passport was studied and solemnly stamped. Clearance labels were stuck on her cases. She was accepted into this new world. She went into the big hall and kept looking round, anxiously. There seemed to be hundreds of people, obviously of many nationalities, most of them sitting quietly and patiently, a few noisy and one or two angry about no understandable thing. The only accent which did not sound high above the rest was American. The girl left her luggage and walked about. The building was much larger than she had expected, and now she realised that there were thousands of people here, but she did not see her brother. 
It was a little after ten o'clock, and the plane had arrived half an hour late, so it wasn't because she was early. She walked, solitary, gracefully, worriedly. She wore a small black-and-white check suit, beautifully simple, and a little black hat on shiny dark hair, white blouse, black shoes. Her figure would probably make a man dream as soon as he realized how cunningly it was adorned. She wasn't really a beauty, but undoubtedly she caught the eye. Her eyes were blue, and her nose a little broad and tip-tilted, and her mouth rather wide. Her profile was the nicest thing about her, and the way she walked was superb. A lot of people noticed that, and among these was a tall, dark man who had come off the aircraft, and who in fact had observed her closely most of the way across.